Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Great to have you with us. The nasty Marxist Dems who've been ruling the country with dominion over all our government, both the Senate and the House and the White House, and, of course, the federal bureaucracy, the deep state, all under their power. One-party rule in the Biden regime. That is about to change on January 3rd. 42 days from now, thank God the GOP managed to win the House. At least we're hanging on to our republic for a little while longer, depending on what we can get done in 2024. And President Trump has brightened our spirits and the horizon by announcing he'll run for president. As we've been discussing here on The Great America Show, the GOP means to investigate the Biden crime family. By the way, did you see CBS News finally, two years late, mind you, reported that the Hunter Biden laptop is for real. Who knew? Well, just about everybody but CBS News. What is wrong with CBS News? Even the New York Times and the Washington Post acknowledged that eight months ago. Incredible what the Marxist left corporate media is doing in this country, isn't it? CBS News is a two-time loser here over the past few days, announcing that the Twitter platform is just too unstable for their precious daffodil natures under the ownership of just the smartest man in the world, Elon Musk. Then they were back tweeting within two days without explanation. But apparently they figured out that Twitter has a far bigger audience than little old CBS. I'm telling you, the Marxist left media in this country isn't above making fools of themselves frequently. Speaking of which, the Disney company pushed out its new CEO, Bob Chapek, after the stock dropped 60% this year, after Chapek got into a controversial, embarrassing, and ultimately losing PR battle with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And Disney announced that the old CEO, Robert Iger, is once again the new CEO. The old boss is the new boss at Disney. Here's the kicker. If I remember correctly, Bob Iger is even more of a lefty than Bob Chapek. So as we say, stay tuned. I hope the Disney board cleared Iger's return with Governor DeSantis. Disney doesn't need any more setbacks. Speaking of setbacks, within two days of naming Department of Justice veteran Jack Smith as special counsel to investigate President Trump, you heard me right. We haven't stepped into a time machine, yanking us back in time by five years to the first Trump special counsel. Anyway, corrupt AG Merrick Garland singing Jack Smith praises as a tough, independent prosecutor, fair and pure as the driven snow, impartial and just. Except today, we learn that Jack Smith is nothing more than a hack, a Marxist-left activist, so rabid a partisan prosecutor back in the day that the Supreme Court rebuked Jack Smith for the DOJ's prosecution of a Republican lawmaker, and Smith was criticized for his connections to the IRS scandal that targeted conservative groups and had his prosecution of Virginia Republican Governor McDonnell 
reversed by the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court doesn't seem to like the way this left-wing activist prosecutor, Jack Smith, does his business. I think we know why Smith wasn't at the Attorney General News Conference to be introduced to the public, though. Mr. Smith just may not like to be questioned by the media, or at least parts of the media, you know, the part that still is interested in the truth. Let's take all of this up with our guest today, Congressman Troy Nels, representing the 22nd District of the great state of Texas. Congressman, great to have you with us here on the show again. Congratulations on your reelection. Thank you, Lewis. Great to be with you. Gobble, gobble to you. Thanksgiving coming up. <laughs> There's gobble, gobble, buddy. You got it. You got it. Uh, Congressman, uh, President Trump, uh, since the last time you and I talked, is back in the arena. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is, has got some headwinds to his aspirations to be Speaker of the House, even though he's uh, at the nomination right now. Uh, and, and we're looking at another, uh, incredibly, another special counsel in, investigation of the president. I mean, it's like a time machine. We, uh, we get thrown back in time uh, with the, these, uh, these Marxists, uh, leftists uh, in this country, don't we? Yeah, what, what I think you're seeing is that the left is so afraid of Donald Trump. Listen, I went to Mar-a-Lago last week. I was there because I wanted to hear it. I wanted to see it in person uh, and, and see Donald Trump make history because he is going to do what Grover Cleveland did in 1892. But this, the, it, it, what it says is, is when you are going to have Garland uh, appoint another special prosecutor and this and that, it's because they are deathly afraid of Donald Trump. They know that Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party and he will beat their candidates. I don't care who they put up, whether they put up Joe Biden, whether it's Mayor Pete or the, the nut job in California. Uh, uh, <laughs> Donald Trump will beat them all and they got to find a way. They haven't been successful. They got to find a way to get him off the ballot. They would take DeSantis or anybody else. They don't want Donald Trump on the ballot, and they got to find a way to keep him off the ballot. And here we go again. I, I mean, if it's not two impeachments, it's now it's going to be a second special counsel investigation. Uh, three years of FBI investigation. I mean, he is in his seventh year of the Marxist Dems political persecution of this of this man. I mean, it's astounding. And I still haven't heard Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, stand up and say this stops now. I still haven't heard the Supreme Court say you haven't found one doggone dime of wrongdoing on the part of this man. Don't pull any more stunts. And here they are with another stunt. Yeah. And what's interesting, and I think you and I have talked about this before, uh, is that, you know, Lou, if if the Democrats said the last election was the most fair and free election, and they really beat, they really beat Donald Trump by 7 million popular votes. They won the Electoral College by like 70. Why wouldn't you want that same guy back four years later? Yeah. I mean, we would call that a Texas butt kicking. <laughs> I mean, 7 million votes, 7 million popular votes, 70 electoral. Why wouldn't you want the same guy back in four years? They don't want him to come back because they know that 2020 election it was rigged. Well, and, and you know this, Congressman, uh, the, the Marxist left in this country, the, the folks running the Democratic Party, uh, they're acting like this. They don't like him because he's got bad table manners and he's a mean tweeter. The fact of the matter is they don't like him because he's messing up their uh, 
their lineup at the public trough for corruption, uh, for all of the the deal making that goes on in D.C., uh, and he's just interrupted their whole game plan, and that's just the straightforward fact of it. That's right, and it's sad to see the establishment hacks getting out there attacking Donald Trump right away. Paul Ryan, shame on you, and some of those others that don't want to see him come back. They say he's bad for the Republican Party. We got to move on. We got to move forward and leave Donald Trump behind. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. The year 2024 is the year of Donald J. Trump, and he's going to come back. And guys like you and I, we're, we've saddled our horses, Lou. I saddled my baby, and I, I saddled Donald Trump. We're going to go to the winner's circle together. Well, there you go. And uh, you know that he will win because they're running out of options. I mean, what we're watching now in this great, great state of Arizona and Maricopa County, where half the voters are, it looks like Carrie, Carrie Lake had a very good, uh, good complaint when she said that that thing was a mess. It looks the attorney general now is looking into it. Several counties are not certifying their vote in the state of Arizona. I mean, this stuff has got to stop. That's right. We, it's it's sad that you in the in the 2020 election, Lou, between big tech and everyone else in the dishonest media, they had 70 percent of Americans in 2020 convinced we would not know who our president would be on election night. Yep. And that's what they're continuing to do. They're continuing to go out there and say, hey, listen, we will not know who the new governor of Arizona is or the senator of Pennsylvania, only unless they're winning. Remember Fetterman? They were saying in Pennsylvania, we will not know. We won't be able to call that Senate race for several days. All of a sudden, Fetterman's in the lead. Oh, we've decided it. It's called by 10 p.m. So it, 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 the American people realize, many of us realize, we've got problems with the integrity of our elections. We had it in 2020. Here we have it in 2022. When are Americans going to stand up and finally say, we got to find some positive change in, in the way we conduct our, our nation's elections? Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. But I happen to believe that as I look around this country, whether it's from Florida to Alaska, Hawaii to, uh, you know, to Maine, we're looking at a country that's putting up with all of this. We're tolerating this nonsense. There should be one election day. The counting should be on paper ballots and the voting should be on paper ballots. And we shouldn't have any more nonsense. This is not complicated. This is basic addition. That's the extent of the issue here. But the Democrats appear to have added subtraction to addition, if you know what I mean. That's right. And and I agree. And and, and Donald Trump brought that up in his his speech the other night in Mar-a-Lago when he announced he was a candidate for 2024. He brought it up. Listen, we did it in Afghanistan, Lou. Everybody went up there and they and they put some ink on their fingers so they couldn't vote twice. But I think if you if you just made it a national holiday, Lou, why would you just make it a national holiday? You shut the whole country down and allow people that have a valid ID now, a valid ID to go exercise their right to vote. I would support that idea. And it is on paper ballot. And, and you count the ballots that day, count the ballots that day. And we should know that evening who our president is. Yeah, and I and I think that just to simplify this, I think that Congress Mills and I can put this together for everybody on, on on one hand vote on paper ballots count them at the precinct level 
not at voting centers, have everybody turn those votes in, make certain that there's a voting day, voter ID. I'm There it is. Shutter, shutter, says the left. At the very idea, you'd have to have voter ID. Who doesn't have to have ID in this country today anyway? And the and the fact is, you've just solved the problem. But this business of, you know, I, I was tweeting with Mark Elias the other day, uh, you know, who's put together all of this this legal assault uh, on on voting in this country and has gotten away with it. He's won all the cases. He's smarter than anybody the Republicans have got. Uh, and by the way, it's it's just not a fair fight. Uh, Elias has been kicking the tails of these guys who think they're so smart and clever in the Republican Party. They haven't got a smart lawyer in the place, whether it's the RNC or anywhere else in the Republican Party. What do you think? I agree. And, and when you look at, you know, Pennsylvania, obviously, was a big election with the Senate race with Oz and Fetterman. And when you look at that Supreme Court saying we should be able to count ballots up to 30 days after after the general election day. And they want to do it in other uh, states as well. They should be counting ballots a week later. Mm-hmm. No, because that's where the fraud occurs when these ballots keep coming in. And I I, I highlighted a lot of this stuff in my book, The Big Fraud, because I talk about the wait, 2020. Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. What's the name of that book again? It's called The Big Fraud, what the Democrats don't want you to know about January 6th, the 2020 election, and a whole lot else. But we expose election fraud dating back to 1824 with Andrew Jackson. It's a, it's a, it was number one bestseller on elections at Amazon. It's a hot item. Go out there and get it for your friends. We recommend it to you highly, as just for the record, too. Uh, Congressman, let, let's turn to Kevin McCarthy. He has one publication, uh, happened to say, uh, a math problem in order to become speaker. Are you for him or against him? I've made it very, very clear on my social media that I'm voting for Kevin McCarthy for speaker. Now, I've had some people get on me and say, what are you doing? What are you doing? Kevin McCarthy can't be trusted, can't be trusted. I said, I don't know the alternative. Uh, uh, John, Steve Scalise, he's breaking up badly here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you there? Are you there? Yeah. Are you there, buddy? Yeah, I, I, I have a lot of clear. You want to take that back from the top, though, uh, Congressman? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's raining here in Houston, so maybe it's a little bit of the weather. But sorry, Congressman. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll take it from the top. How's that? Beautiful. All right. No, I've I've made it very, very clear on my social media that I'm supporting Kevin McCarthy for speaker. uh, And I've told him that everybody knows it. Right now, there are a few that are against Kevin for being speaker. But I don't know the alternative. We had our elections the other day voting in a conference. The Republican members of conference voted who the majority leader would be. And it is Steve Scalise. And that's the job he wants. Uh, Jim Jordan has expressed that he is supporting Kevin McCarthy for speaker. So I'm not really sure. Tom Emmer, he's going to be the majority uh, uh, whip. So I don't know. I, I have not heard by those that are dead set against Kevin McCarthy Matt Getz is, I haven't heard a replacement. I don't know who that person is. And I don't think that that person could ever get to 218. I think Kevin is the closest to get to 218. Well, I I have to tell you, as as you know, I'm I'm not exactly what you call enthusiastic about Kevin McCarthy. He went after the president. He melted like a daffodil in those early days. I, I find that inexcusable. I don't care what the pressure is, what the situation is. If he melts, he melts. And uh, I, I really just don't have much use for this establishment nonsense. He's a Paul Ryan 
hand-picked uh, successor. I just, I really, I have to say, Congressman, you and I don't disagree on much, uh, but this one, I just, uh, I feel stronger that this man is just too weak to, to be the, the Speaker of the House. Uh, you guys have, uh, and you, in your first term, you you didn't have much choice. Uh, you, you know, everybody's following the leader. But when you have to make special allowances for the guy and you have to kind of push him to the front to say, okay, you know, there's the hill and we'll follow you, just say, follow me. I, I mean, that's how it looks here because the, the conference is so much more conservative than is the leadership. And I don't care if we're talking about Scalise, if we're talking about uh, McCarthy. I mean, what the heck is the deal here? You know, when I was voting and when I was thinking about Jim Banks, Jim Banks was one of three individuals running for the whip position. It was Jim Banks, Tom Emmer, and Drew Ferguson. And I was supporting Jim Banks because I felt if Jim Banks would get to be the whip, he and Steve Scalise, who I think is more, more conservative even than Kevin McCarthy, that they would hold Kevin McCarthy accountable. I felt having two true, I mean, proven conservatives would help Kevin move Kevin to the right. And then in the second balloting, obviously Tom Emmer squeaked out a win against Jim Banks. Is that a concern of mine? Yes, it is. But I believe Kevin realizes, I believe Kevin McCarthy realizes that the American people gave us the gavel, they gave him the gavel, and that he will need the Freedom Caucus to get any legislation passed. If there's, if he's only got a majority by four seats and there's 40 of us in the Freedom Caucus, how does he expect anything to pass without the Freedom Caucus's approval? So he's going to have to move to the right or nothing will happen. Or, uh, or move to the left which we've seen plenty of, whether it's a continuing resolution, uh, I, part of the Senate. I mean, we've seen McConnell play that game uh, for the past two years. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a very delicate thing. I take your point, and I understand it, and I respect your position. Uh, I have to say I am, uh, you know, it's easier for me to say uh, that I don't think much of McCarthy as a leader. Uh, I'm perfectly willing to give him a chance, but I have to tell you, I don't do that willingly. Uh, that's because you guys are going to accept that. I, I mean, right now, uh, the the math says that winning an 188 to 31 vote, as he did for a nomination, he's in big trouble to get enough votes to be speaker, though. Don't, uh, that looks like the math right now. Well, but that 31, I think, is a little misleading because Andy Beggs was, was challenging McCarthy for the speaker spot. But it won't be 31 on January 3rd. It will not be 31 on January 3rd. So I, I just, I don't believe that will be the number. Now, there are members that have made it very, very clear that they're not voting for Kevin McCarthy one way or the other. I got it. But I, all I'm saying is, okay, if it's not Kevin McCarthy, then who? If we're going to identify and say he's not the guy, Leader McCarthy's not the guy, he cannot be the speaker, then who is it? You got to have a solution to part to the problem here, too, Lou. You want my solution? What? Jim Jordan. Jim He's Jordan just... supporting McCarthy. I know, and I'm supporting Jim Jordan, so that trumps his support of McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, Lou. You're a great American. It will be interesting. It will be interesting. But right now, I just think that that you know you've got about 221, 222 of us 
There's a handful, maybe a few more right now that are saying right now, no to McCarthy, but we'll have to wait and see on January 3rd. That will come right down to January 3rd. You got to get on the House floor. It's the first vote. Who's going to be the speaker and who are you going to name? So we'll have to just wait and see. There's about, what, 50-something days from now and then. Let's just yeah, wait and see what happens. Yeah, you got you guys are going to get sworn in on the 3rd. It's, it's coming at us like a rocket, a little over 40 days. Uh, let's go to... Uh, th this business about McCarthy saying he wasn't going to go even consider impeaching uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden may not give him much choice. Uh, we're looking at, I mentioned Jim Jordan, also uh, James Comer, the head of uh, oversight, or will be on the third. I mean, these two have got, they say, uh, evidence that they believe, 95% certainty, uh, that implicates the president of the United States. I mean, this isn't, this is... <laughs> This looks like it's going to be a very serious, serious deal. And and by the way, the worst thing that the Republicans could do is pull another Benghazi. And by that, I mean Trey Gowdy sitting there like some sort of, uh, uh, you know, medieval justice uh, in robes. Uh, and meanwhile, playing patty cake and and throwing nothing but softballs at Hillary Clinton. If, if we see more of that, uh, I think the country will in unison puke. Yes, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Comer, who's going to be the chairman of government and oversight reform, had a great press conference the other day. And yes. he said they're, they're going after Joe Biden. They're going after Joe Biden. We all know he's the big guy. And and we know that that Biden family is corrupt. You got to look at China. You look at all of it. So I think he's going to do a good job. I think they're going to do everything they can to look at Hunter as well. Look at that laptop. Jim Jordan was standing there as well. Jim Jordan's going to be the chairman over judiciary. And he made it very clear that we need to look at the DOJ and the FBI and how this administration has weaponized those agencies to go after people with dissenting points of view, even going after parents, uh, you know, at school board meetings who didn't like the mask mandates. So I think there's going to be a lot of investigations. I support that. Lou, I support the idea of investigations because the American people deserve answers. They deserve answers and they demand answers, quite honestly. They're yeah. saying on investigations. They've been investigating Donald Trump for seven years. We need to start investigating them. Well, Will McCarthy, do you think, do to those chairmen what Paul Ryan did uh, to Nunes and uh, uh, at the same time? Uh, I mean, he refused to let them have subpoenas, shut down the investigation, played it quiet from his uh, the speaker's office. Uh, I, I, that's what worries me about McCarthy, because I agree with you 100 percent. American people deserve answers. They've deserved them for some time. We've got a president who's been under political persecution from the Marxist Dems for the past. We're now in the seventh year. Uh, no wrongdoing. And by the way, we find out most of the people in the all of the criminals so far uh, from the FBI, from the Department of Justice, uh, from, from the uh, the folks sitting on that committee. Uh, whether it be the House Intel Committee or whether it be the J6 Committee. Yeah, I believe Kevin McCarthy made it very clear the other day that that once we have subpoena authority and we will be subpoena and we will use that authority to subpoena people in front of these committees. So, no, I, I believe he made that very clear the other day. We'll just have to kind of wait and see. But I think he realizes is that is that a large majority of Congress 
and the Re and the Republican Party throughout this country would, are demanding answers. And in order to get these individuals in front of our committee, we need to subpoena them. We need to have Hunter. We need to have him, Garland, Christopher Ray. We need to have Fauci. We need to have Mayorkas. They all they all need to be in front of these committees to answer questions because they haven't been in front of these committees, Lou. This 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 you know whether it's the sham committee of January sixth or whether you look at some of these committees with oversight, there's no accountability to this administration. They get to do whatever the hell they want. But now that we have the majority, we must investigate. We can still pass good positive leg you know legislation. We can do that. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't spend an enormous amount of time conducting investigations and having hearings into this corrupt administration. Well, as you know, we're we're all pulling for you and for the for the new Congress uh, and Congressman James Comer has just said this. Jim Jordan wants to interview all 51 intel officials, former former intelligence officials who signed that bogus Hunter Biden laptop letter that Joe Biden used as a shield in the second debate, uh, the final debate in 2020, and gave him a basis to lie through his teeth uh, to the American people. And by the way, we know William Barr, the attorney general, knew that they were lying, but chose not to intervene, as he put it, in the election. What, you know, what? I think that's fantastic, and I think we should interview them all. I think Jim Jordan is right on target. He's one smart guy. Jim Jordan's been around a long time. He's probably the well, most well-respected member in the Republican conference. He's well, well-liked even. I mean, he's on every television show, and he, the American people just love him. So I think having Jim Jordan at the, at the helm of judiciary, I think we'll get to the bottom of this. And he's a hard worker. Having 50, I don't care if it's one or 151. Let's get everybody we can. Let's get, get down to some serious questionings questions and find out exactly why this administration has abused the American people and Donald Trump, certainly Donald Trump, with the DOJ and the FBI. And they've gone after families. They've gone after parents at school board meetings. What, a domestic terrorist? Really, Lou? Are you kidding me? And then we got to look at we got to look at the Ukraine. We got to look at the funding of Ukraine. We got to look at Hunter Biden and China. We got to look at Fauci and the Wuhan lab. There's so much that needs to be done. So much that needs to be done. So much. And by the way, some of it uh, has to be done because within the matter of days of announcing a second special counsel, we find out that the, the man who's going to be that special counsel, if you can imagine this, Jack Smith. Turns out he's nothing but an activist, left-wing activist hack. He's a rabid partisan prosecutor. And he was among those involved in the Lois Lerner IRS uh, scandal in which they targeted conservative groups, the, the Supreme Court rebuked him. They reversed his prosecution. If, uh, if you remember, I, I don't know if you remember this, but Virginia uh, Governor Bob McDonnell, Republican, they went after him, uh, and the Supreme Court had to reverse his, uh, his uh, prosecution. Uh, Jack Smith is an activist. Uh, he's a hack. And here, he, here we have Merrick Garland talking like he is, uh, you know, St. Jack instead of, well, whatever else I could call him. Yeah. Well, I don't like him very much either. I think every what he's been doing, too, with Christopher Ray, with the FBI and the DOJ, I'm like, how do they get away with this stuff? 
you know, when he had his little press conference announcing this new special counsel, he's he was reading from the teleprompter. You can see his eyeballs didn't move off the teleprompter. But I don't like that guy because I think he's dangerous. And look at the damage that he has done going after Donald Trump. You don't hear a whole lot about Marlago. I guess they're going to start talking more now about Marlago now that Donald Trump. I find the timing of it interesting, too. This big special counsel talking about this, uh, not even, what, uh, uh, three, four days after Donald Trump announced his intentions to run in 2024. Right. So, again, this is all they despise Donald Trump. They hate Donald Trump, but they fear Donald Trump. They fear him, Lou. They don't want Donald Trump to be the nominee because they won't beat him. They will not beat him in the November election in 2024. And Donald Trump's going to be the 47th president. From your lips to God's ears, I, I I hope you're right because we sure need to get him back. I think the country feels better just having him announce that he's going to run, don't you? I loved it. And you got these leftists, the dishonest media, and some in the establishment. Yeah, Bush. Yeah, Bush. Yeah, there was no energy. No, I'm thinking to myself, it doesn't matter what Donald Trump does. He was so cool, calm, collective. He was so presidential up there, and they said he had no energy. Folks, I was there. There were 500 people in the room. It was electric. They just want Donald Trump to go off script. They don't want him to, to talk about what he really, really wants to do and how he can fix their country. They want him to go back and maybe call some names and, and start talking that. And he's not going to do that this time. I think if he stays on point and he delivers a speech, for the next two years, like he delivered the other night in Mar-a-Lago, he's going to win this thing. You know what I'd like to see him do is just kind of uh, just grin at everybody uh, and, and and deny them the, the ratings uh, boost uh, that they're all looking for. Just grin at them. Uh, just be cordial and ignore the hell out of them. Uh, it would drive them absolutely nuts. That's right. That's right. I can't wait, Lou. It's a big, 2023 is going to be great. 2024 is even going to be better. I'm focused, obviously, on my committees, conduct the investigations. Let's try to pass conservative, conservative legislation that the American people can feel proud of. And let's get Donald Trump back in the White House. Sounds good to me. As always, you've got a great plan. And what's the title of that book one more time? The Big Fraud, What the Democrats Don't Want You to Know About January 6th the 2020 election, and a whole lot else. It's available on Amazon, Lou. And you know what? I know that uh, because we've been hawking that book and po and boosting that book because we think it's a terrific read, and we recommend it to everybody highly. The Big Fraud, and we thank you very much for being with us. Congressman Troy Nels of the 22nd District of Great State of Texas. Good to talk with you. Thank you, Lou. God bless. Congressman Troy Nels, he's a great American, isn't he? Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. And tomorrow, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. And we have a lot to be thankful for in this country, despite all of the, the contests, the tests, the threats, the challenges we face. This country will always prevail, and we will always have a great deal to be thankful for. You're all great Americans in my book, and I'm grateful for that. Thanks again. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you here Friday. All the best. God bless you, and may God bless America.